0: Seriously, it's sort of like walking around in restaurants with your dick hanging out. If you every restaurant in America, if you walked in without your fucking pants, and they said, <laughs> "Sir, you, sir, your dick's hanging out. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta wear pants." And you say, "Well, I'm a sovereign citizen, and I don't have to wear pants if I don't want to." You know, go fuck yourself. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast uses bad words. If we don't like bad words, may listen
1: to it. was Friday night. Um, Kids were down and Katie and I were gonna eat an edible and hang out, watch a movie. And I was like, yeah, you know, can I grab an edible because she's got like a tin, you know, that she keeps in her office. (laughs) And uh, she's like, I don't, we don't have any more because we're like, just we're out of weed altogether and whatever. So I was like, what? What do you mean you don't have any more? There's like, I just saw like two tins in your office the other day. She goes, Oh, well, there's like, there's one left that I want to use. Like she's already reserved it for something else. And then there's the other tin. And she's like, but I can't get it open. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, it just, it won't open. Like I have, I've tried everything. It's stuck. I've, they gave me my money back. I had to call them to get my money back because I can't open this tin. I've been trying for two weeks. I'm like, what's wrong with it? She's like, I don't know. I've tried. I got my, my nice letter opener. You know, that really nice letter opener I have. I said, yeah, she was, I bent it trying to open the fucking thing. I was like, oh, okay, she goes, I went into like the deepest Reddit hole to figure out what was going on with this thing and how I could get it open. And I'm like, you went to Reddit? Why did you, what the hell's the deal with this thing? So I, <laughs> so like, whatever, like a few minutes passes. Um, she ends up going upstairs and like kind of, you know, get, gets ready for bed. And I come, I go into her office and I grab the tin and I, tw- you know, you, you They lock, you know, you push down, twist, it's like child-proofing, or Katie-proofing. I push, I twist, I open it up. It took next to no effort. So I'm like, so then I'm like, what the hell? Like, and I'm looking at it like, was there something wrong with Why did she jimmy it open and just didn't know it? And I, you know... So no, I put it back and I tested it again. I was like, what the hell? So I walk upstairs and I was like, um, here. And she's like, what did you do? I was like, I I twi- <clears throat> I I opened it. <laughs> I I twisted it with my hands. And she was just like, what the hell? And I was like, well, I wanna see I wanna see what you were doing. She's like, no, 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 don't close it. We'll never get it open again. So anyway, like I went and got a plastic baggie, I put the the gummies in the in the bag. And then close it. And I was like, here, try it now. And she's like, well, now I can do it. And I'm like, I wonder if, like, she just couldn't, like, if if I just, if it was, like, off its thread or something. And, like, I just had, it just needed, like, strong hands. My point is, is that I did what may have been the most manly thing in the world to her. (laughs) Because she looked at me in the way that, like... Film ingenues looked at their leading man in the 30s. You know, like, it was just like, oh, a man. Oh. A man. <laughs> yeah. So. Um,
0: that actually reminds me, I was doing a, an event uh, at the Orpheum here in Wichita, and it was the Black Jacket Symphony, which were very fucking good. They're basically, uh, they travel around the country with, Cover bands—they create cover bands to do the albums of like famous albums, mm. right? And so they were doing uh, "Rumors." Oh, and, nice! And 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 I'm telling you, the Stevie Nicks gal, she sounded exactly like Stevie wow. Nicks. It was fucking creepy. You could close your eyes, and it was like listening to them. It was really wow. fucking cool, but. Before um, before they'd open the house, you know they've got all their volunteer staff, and I'm walking. At one point, I was uh, I just put up my table and you know all that kind of stuff for the, the radio station. Then this woman says she yells over and she goes, "Excuse me," she's behind the bar. Do you have string? Uh. and I went, uh no, I don't have. I said that's an odd request. I don't have string. I don't have a random staple or a random post-it note either. And she said, and she looks at me and she goes, what? (laughs) And so, and we're looking at each other and I said, no, I don't have string. She goes, I didn't say string, I said strength. (laughs) And I went, oh, I think I've got, I probably got that. Oh, don't worry about it, it's too late. We already got it open. And it was exactly that kind of moment. But I just got, there was just this disconnect. Like, do you have string? What the fuck kind of bizarre request is that? So, I was, yeah, it was very the weird funny. Thing,
1: I was like, Katie, why would you go to Reddit <laughs> instead of going to up essentially, thing, to open a jar before husband, coming to your husband? And, like, this is the most stereotypical thing that, like. Well, I think the answer is that she didn't think you could open it. But she knows that I have the strength of 10 Egyptian slaves. Well, I'm just saying, which, you know, when you look at the,
0: the thing, they carried rocks. They carried giant boulders and made pyramids. So that's pretty impressive shit.
1: Well, bring me the pyramid. I'll, I'll that's carry all that too. But
0: apparently, apparently your wife did not trust that you would be able to open it. Well. And that's either, that's either a strength Criticism, or an intellectual criticism, or maybe it was just that she couldn't. She couldn't understand how she couldn't possibly open it. That's what it and was. embarrassed and was embarrassed to say anything because that's that's a
1: long time to be kind of yeah. hold on to a big tin of gummies. That's that's what it is. Is that she okay. was probably embarrassed that she couldn't do it because yeah. that's Katie. Well, you know, because the future is female, except yeah. When they want to get high, and then the future is David. But it was a, it was an interesting night too because so we ended up taking the gummy and Katie got a little more high than I did, and we started talking about things, and she, she got to the point where she was kind of like freaking out, like she wasn't just like good and stone. She's like, "Things are weird. I'm feeling weird about stuff," which happens. Um, but that's the loophole. To reasoning with your wife. To being able to have, like, an honest conversation. Get her amazingly high? Get her to freak out where she thinks she might die.
0: Well, yeah. Because then she'll
1: listen. And she will... You know, we we got into a fight about it. um, Because, like, the other night she wanted to talk about, like... She wanted to talk about stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, because... She wanted to ask me like how my my we had a family friend that died tragically in a car wreck. Yeah. Okay. I say like everybody knows, like you know. So yeah, you and I talked about it. Um. So Katie was, I, I talked about it the other night, and she was kind of flippant, in uh, it, it the the way we talked about it because she has like a, just a different approach to death, and she was kind of like, "What's the big deal? Like people die in car crashes all the time," and I'm like. It's a big deal because they they don't die in car crashes all the time to me. Like, I don't know them. And they don't die in this tragic way where a mother and daughter have a single car accident. Both are thrown from the car. The mother dies. The daughter is in, te- in intensive care in a, in a medically induced coma. They might have to take her eyeball out. Like, she her pelvis was disconnected. Like, there's all these face fractures. Like, it's a fucked up scene. And so yeah. I was just, like, trying to talk about that. And she was just a little flippant about it. So, this other night, after I opened up the jar of gummies, uh, she kind of asked, she's like, you know, do you, is there anything you want to talk about? Like, I need you to talk to me about something because I'm kind of freaking out. I'm like, I don't want to talk about, like, I'll talk to you. I'll tell you nonsense. She's like, well, tell me about your feelings. Like, what are you feeling? Like, let's talk about that. And I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. Because I didn't want to he- get into the feelings Because yeah. I was annoyed. Yeah. And she was like, okay, well, let's just watch a movie then. I'm like, that's great so we put on we start to watch Fletch because it's a nice light movie and because she can't help herself why don't you want to talk about your feelings right now (laughs) and I was like look this happens a lot when I say I'm not in the mood to talk about something then you Make me talk about something. And then I get annoyed because I don't want to talk about something. And then I've also spent the first, like, 20 minutes of talking about this thing I don't want to talk about. Talking about why you can't just let me not talk about it right now. Fuck! So, we have this fight again. And I'm like, please, I just don't want to talk about it right now. She's like, but why? I'm like, I don't want to talk about anything right now. Can we just watch the movie? We'll talk about it tomorrow well this becomes like a whole 10 minute thing of me explaining why i don't want to talk about something when i don't want to talk about something but then something happens where after these 10 minutes she just kind of like like you can see you can see the connection being made like the synapse is finally like to just, and she's like oh It's not that you don't want to talk about your feelings exactly. It's that you just don't... You're not in the mood to talk about anything right now. You just want to watch the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. She's like, oh. Okay. We'll talk about it later. That's all I said. Like, it finally clicked with her. And... Like I don't. Do I just like if I want to have a conversation with my wife? Do I just have to get her completely fucking afraid of dying after eating an edible and having it go a little wrong? Like is that? I guess I'm asking the wrong guy. But is that how you survive marriage? I
0: mean, yeah, yeah, Because well, yeah, I don't. I couldn't tell you how to survive fucking marriage. I, you know, I just. There's no. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm the least qualified man. Or maybe the most qualified men. I don't know. I, I, I haven't really made that—I uh, haven't really determined that. I'm either the least qualified advisor on marriage or the most qualified advisor of marriage. Because I've done more marriages than you have by three times. I just haven't yeah. done them well.
1: No. Well— You
0: know. I, I mean, know. they were well for—they were good for a while, but yeah. things—you know— sort of like the car accident. Yeah. It's, you know, that that she might've been a great driver. Your friend might've been a great driver right up until that point. And, uh, so, so then the question is, do you say, was "Was she a great, but, but if, if you're a great driver until you have a, a life ending accident, were you a great driver or does the life ending accident mean that you're the least qualified driver around? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question.
1: Uh, well, if you look at the law, because I was talking to my dad about this yesterday. My dad, you know, was an attorney and did a lot of, like, traffic, um, like, Secretary of State stuff. Um, but, like, even if... Let's just say that my friend, who she was a year older than me in, in like, growing up, uh, I imagine she still is a year older than me. Because I don't think that changes. Right? No, that doesn't change. Yeah. yeah. She, I mean, you know, um,
0: it's not suspended animation or anything.
1: Like even in a coma, does she, does she, she keep saying? I think
0: she's still age. I think she still ages even in a coma. Now if she dies, then she died at that age. Now then you eventually will become older than she is. But if she's still alive, she's still a year older than you.
1: But her body
0: will always be older than me, even if she's dead. Well, no, because once she dies, then the body ceases to, ceases to, I mean, it breaks down.
1: Well, right, but can't they, like, age? Like, if they exhumed George Washington's body and laid it next to my grandfather's body, exhumed my grandfather, they would be like, well, the well, one on the right the, is clearly then- older. That, well, then I would argue that it wasn't George
0: Washington who is was older than your grandfather. It was his bones, which is no no different than <laughs> saying this, this fossilized rock that I just found in the desert is older than whatever. You know, I was mean, like, it's no longer a body and it's no longer a person. It's not even recognizable as such. It's a piece of bone. So I would say that once the body de- decomposes, it is no longer... That Well, it's no longer that person when they die. And then even the body, once it decomposes, it's over. So it ceases to age as
1: the body. This is the weirdest metaphysical conversation. So, okay, so she is still older than me then, even though we're out of high school.
0: Currently, I would say yes. If she is in a medically induced coma, she is still breathing. The body is still functioning. Yeah, I think she's still (laughs) older than you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's this, it's a really, it's a It's a tragic thing. Like, it's a, yeah, accidents happen all the time. Um, but, oh, that's what we were saying, is, Jesus. George Washington's bones mo- always throws me off. Y- yeah, yeah, good morning, David. I am, it's been a week. Oversleep, man. I did. I overslept. I set my alarm, and I woke I up... The- and I, I love
0: that you dreamed about and then I doing perceived the to have dreams about
1: the podcast <laughs> until I was woken up by a phone call to do the podcast. Yeah, it's I'm t- and the worst part is, last night, like as I was falling asleep, you were texting me going, "What did you say? Like, are we good to record this tomorrow are- morning?" Or do I need or to send I get you, some you smelling a, salts? Salts
0: on a fainting couch. Yes. That's because earlier in the week, you're like, I don't know if I, I'm so tired. I haven't slept. It's caffeine. I don't know if I could do the podcast Sunday morning. Ha! Ah. And I was like, yeah, all right. Did I say that? You like, I not think I could do the podcast? Yeah. You said, you said I if I, if, yeah. Well, no, the text was basically Jesus. just do Rorschach, just do Rorschach for yourself. And oh, like, that's right. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And it's like, yeah, I guess I could do Rorschach for myself, which is weird, but I guess I could do it. But, uh, it's, I was just, I, like so I was like, week. I was like, all right, Nancy, um, are you going to be able to handle getting up in the morning and talking for an hour? And you were like, yep, I just set my alarm. So I was, I, and, and the funny thing is I get up at 5. AM almost every morning, no matter what. So I've been up for a couple hours and then I, you know, Hey. FaceTime and there and it's like fuck can we do it? And I said no, I got to go to
1: work this morning. And you were like today? Well, yeah, yeah cuz I was cuz then I Radio got confused 24 I hour like, a 24 hours. thing. No, and I know that. Yeah, yeah. But I had like cuz I was just waking up from a very deep sleep about having a really great <laughs> podcast that sounded nothing like this. <laughs> I just I mean we were the whole family was sick on Monday sick on Tuesday uh slightly better on Wednesday. Finally sent Harry to school. Jacob was in school Wednesday and no, just Thursday. Then he was home on Friday cuz <laughs> his daycare was closed for like parent teacher conferences. Which like wh- what? No, these are pre babies. Pre like the oldest kid is maybe in that place is like 3. No, you don't
0: Well they no they no, they, they have to have conversations with the parents that when a kid says that he thinks he's a you know, he, he's a dog that maybe he needs to have gender-affirming care. So, you Well,
1: know. I mean, the thing is, like, Jake is six months old, and while I, I'm interested and invested in my son's development, he's six months old. I, I don't need to know about... <laughs> what are you going to tell me I don't already know? And, like, what's... How is he engaging with other kids? Like, they're not... Uh, well, he keeps... He has a problem. He has a problem with sharing. They'll tell me, and I'll say, "Well, that's because he's six months old," and they don't know see, that and, and concept see, here, yet. So no. <laughs> here's, and maybe that maybe this
0: is the disconnect with my belief with the way you and I look at this slightly differently is that you say that as if six months old, it's um, like yeah, and I agree with you. Yeah, he's six months old. What the fuck does he know? I say that all the way up until eighteen yeah. years old. What the fuck? I, I look at and. A child is a child until they're legally able to fucking smoke. And at that point, <laughs> at that and, and join the military. And at that point, then they're like then it's not like, what the fuck do they know? Of course, they're fucking idiots. And you know, so I get it. I get where you're coming from. I just have a, a longer timeline than you do. Yeah. So at what point at what point will Jake and Harry at what point is I mean, maybe in your mind, Harry's already there. What point do do you say, okay, now I have to take seriously their childish bullshit? Yeah, the childish bullshit bullshit? that kids... Yeah. At what point do you start to take it seriously? Like, oh, this is important and not just a kid
1: Um, being a kid? That's a good question. I don't think that I'm... Well, I... uh I was to say, I don't think that I'm there yet, but I think that there are parents who might notice things with their five-year-old that, you know, could be addressed. Yeah,
0: like if they were torturing animals. Um, right, yeah, torturing yeah, animals.
1: Yeah, because then, you know... Um, the, 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 the gender stuff, or... See to me,
0: the gender stuff is that. This is the thing. I remember, and I do remember this vaguely when I was when I was like six or seven. You know, after the meningitis, that I kind of got into a thing over the summer where I, where I was eating June bugs. I don't know why. I mean, I'm you know, I was a fucking kid. I was a fucking retarded. But I was like, because you know what a June bug is, right? Um, those big, those brown, round. Yeah, the big. Like, Crunchy, yeah. Yeah, They're like cockroaches with wings. That's exactly right. And for some reason, uh, my friends and I really got into a thing where we were... Got into it. We were just... I don't even... I just remember that it really freaked my mom out. You know, it's like that we were eating June bugs. And... (laughs) I would argue that today's parents are not that. I, I mean, know, they're, I'm not negative. it's a blanket. Gross. I don't know but, why. Uh, well, it's gross. It's just, you know, it's what kids do. Kids are fucking weird, man. Yeah. And, and that's part of the, but I would argue that, you know, like my mom, uh, there were, there was, it's like when I was like three or three or four years old, I was eating boogers. I yeah. mean, you know, that's what, you, you know, you do that. And my mom, with the boogers and with the June bugs, went to my pediatrician and was like freaking out because this is, this is, what the fuck is going on? What's wrong with my child? Is he, you know, mentally impaired? What's what's happening? And the (laughs) doctor was like, hey, it's pretty normal. Don't worry about it. If he keeps doing it for like an, an extended period of time, then maybe you have something to think about. But right now, just leave it, let it go. I would argue that both parents today and doctors would go what june bugs boogers there's something indelibly wrong with your child it is a dysphoria of some sort let's give them hormone blockers it's like this is crazy well
1: what i what i meant by that you know things to pay attention to not just like um what are like actual personality? Like this is who the person is. Yeah, yeah. Versus, because like I've got a I've got a buddy whose kid I talked to him a couple months ago, and his kid had just gender con- reconfirmed and now whatever came out as yeah. trans or, or whatever. How old's the kid? It, it is uh, like fourteen. Uh, 14. Okay, 14.
0: See, the thing is, I can I, can, I can see 13, 14. 13, 14 is about that onset of puberty. You start to kind yeah. of figure out. I still think there needs to be like some serious... Let's take a look at this. Let's really have some conversations yeah. with some it's, therapists. It's a, let's, it's a
1: commitment, and it's a serious it's a, thing. Well, but... it's
0: a lifelong commitment. You know, it's like your kid at 14 says, I'm getting a tattoo of my girlfriend on my fucking chest. Right. <laughs> okay, you're going to kind of go, all right, that's permanent. And I know, I know as an adult... Your girlfriend at fourteen, you're probably not even gonna know her name when you're twenty.
1: So maybe not the face but, on your chest. However it, it depends. How small is the town. Fair. <laughs> I mean that's look, dude, that's how we got Katie. You know? Yeah. Da- so there. Yeah. Um the hell were we talking about? Oh, the things yeah, so my buddy Jesus. So my buddy, he, I asked him, I was like, had you always, like, how, how, had you always known that, that he, she was going this route? And he's like, yeah, like, it wasn't a surprise, you know? Because, like, there are things about your kids that you're like, oh, they, they just were always that way. But, yeah, but things also change with the kids. So, yeah, a lot of it is, I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. They're eating juice yeah, bugs. they're eating boogers. You yeah. Know. They're
0: doing their thing. Well, here's a, and I, this is you know, not to get too deep into this subject. I just, I just find it, I don't even know if I find it troubling because it's not anything that really affects my life in any way, shape or form, but I do find it kind of interesting is, you know, if Harry, if Harry starts to exhibit more feminine traits,
1: you know, like, like, in it. like his father.
0: Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Like his father, if he, you know. So at a certain point, at a certain point is is Harry gay or is Harry trans? And how do you, as a parent, have that conversation and try to figure that out? Because the thing is, what 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 seems to be happening? And again, I don't. I'm not really, you know, certainly no expert. But from what I read, and you know, kind of we kind of look into, it seems like a lot of what would have been termed gay, what you would have said, you know, our, when, you know, like when we were kids, the gay kid in class (laughs) who had the lisp, who had the lisp and wore the, 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 you know, the sparkly shit, that kid would now be said, well, you're trans instead of saying, well, maybe he's gay. It's now they're trans. And, Uh, and I'm, I'm just curious, I'm just curious how, 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 if Harry came up to you and said, I'm more feminine than I am masculine. What do I do? What is your parental thought on that?
1: Oh, God, I... I, I have no idea. <laughs> um I guess... I would encourage him to feel it out and do what makes him feel most comfortable and just run with that and we'll f- figure it out together. But, like, just do your thing. This is who you are, how you are. Do it. And if... If the question is how do I correct people if they call me gay in school when I'm, when I want to be when I'm trans? Yeah, when I, you exactly. Know, like, I mean these
0: these are I, this yeah. You know, I, I think I these are I at least know. interesting issues. I don't the, the yeah. thing is I can't say that it's like something that that upset that I'm obsessed with. I just find it, I find it very interesting. And so uh, I mean, I a lot that. of a lot of the discourse around this issue is more just sort of like wow, I'm just really curious why we're why. Certain parents. And I've never been a parent, so I really don't have any kind of. Uh,
1: I think a lot of the, the ground to stand on when it comes to that. A lot of the problem with the big conversations we have as as a nation um, around these big ideas with children, trans, uh, shit, video games. You know all the all the the horrors. Oh God, that threaten our children. Um. The problem is that there is there's no easy one answer, you know. It, it does depend. Like I made the joke, it depends on how small the town is. Like it depends on who that child is, the experiences that the child has, how they react to certain things, the experiences of the parent, the the community that they live in. Um, it, it it's it's so tricky. I think with the the main thing, like the one the one big tent thing is to have dialogue around it regardless of what it is. Whether it's, you know, a medical doctor or just the parents and the kid, um, the parents and other parents talking about it. Like, you have to talk this, this shit through and involve that child with whatever's going on because it's their life and it's their experience. And that's what makes it hard. That's what makes parenting hard. That's what makes legislating hard is that it is nuanced to such a nuanced degree that there is no one answer.
0: So if Harry, if if you go to Harry and Harry's feeling concerned and you say, well, tell me about your feelings. And he says, I don't want to talk about my feelings right now.
1: What's your response? Uh, let's let's talk later then. But just Take be, it prepared, be prepared that unless your mom is like baked out of her head, afraid she's going to die, she's going to make you talk about it. So, you know. And now,
0: worstack of the news.
1: This is a local Chicago thing, but it seems to be a uh, national. I, I love when I hear about the Chicago mayor on national news. Oh, it's yeah. Lightfoot, poor luck. Or like on, John, no, not poor lightfoot fucker. Yeah, I know. She I know. made, she 100% made her shitty bed. Yeah. And she then did. she shittily kicked around in it. Yes, she did. Then she shit it some more and then blamed the misogynists.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I what I thought was funny about Lori Lightfoot. And I don't know if this is the Rorschach, but what I thought was funny was Rahm Emanuel was known from his day as being, <laughs> you, you know, Rome uh, Emmanuel. Oh no, I, I said, Rome Emmanuel, oh. <laughs> um, wake up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he was known to be so combative and sort of an yeah. asshole and a uh, bully and all that kind of stuff. And so everybody voted him out and put in Lori Lightfoot. And from what I understand, she was twice the fucking
1: bully he was. So it's like that's that. I just think that was. I don't funny. know that she was a bully, which is why I think she couldn't get shit done. She just liked to fight. That's fair. She just likes to fight. Okay, it's fair. So She's anyways, like the, li-
0: the Lily B of Chicago politics. Got it.
1: Your head, yeah. Your headline is this. Yeah. Paul Vallis, who is running in the runoff between... Oh. It's Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson. Yeah. Paul Vallis's Facebook page liked comments calling Chicago a hellhole and shitcago.
0: We have a real problem right now with our media. And our biggest problem with our media is that it has been... That just like everybody else in the nation, in the world, really, we've just completely abandoned any hope of... Ignoring social media as a barometer of fucking anything. Mm-hmm. I mean social media I wrote i I, I wrote a piece what, it was last week, basically it was just sort of like me recognizing that I invited. You know, you, you you have to invite a vampire into your house yeah. before they can come in. And my scenario was that I woke up and all these people are screaming at each other and having fights. And then all of a sudden, Donald Trump comes out and he sucks all the air out of the room. And half the room praises him, and the other half falls over like they need a fainting couch. And uh, <laughs> you know, and I was, and I look at Trump. I go, "Where the fuck are you? How how do you people get in my apartment?" And Trump looks, and says. You invited us. And it's like, that's that's what social media is. So I find that it's really sad that there's actually a headline. Like, there is actually... Like, a reporter sat down and said, this, my friends, is newsworthy that Paul Vallis on social media, or anybody of note on social media had anything to say that we're going to take seriously. Because it's fucking Facebook,
1: man. Well, it's also... Like, I read that headline and was like, well, he's not doing the liking. He's not doing this shit. This is just his staff of probably, you know, idiotic underlings, probably young kids that understand the socials, you know? And somebody's probably like, yeah, it is Chicago. And that's why Paul Vallis needs to be mayor to make it not Chicago. I'm sure that was the thought process. But yeah, to your point as well, it's fucked. It's fucking social it's, media. Stop. Yeah, like, I don't care. I know care. it's important, but come. On. No,
0: it's the ah, thing is, like, I know it's not important. That's my point. It is well, important not important. As in, like, important. it is
1: part of the zeitgeist. I, like, you can't completely ignore it. But like, David, d- don't give it. David, don't give it, don't give it the levity that we've given it. That's the problem,
0: David. David, part of the zeitgeist. Um, at one point was, you know, the KKK. Part of the zeitgeist at one point was the house uh, against un-American activities. Yeah. Uh, part of the zeitgeist was disco. Just because it's part uh, of the zeitgeist disco doesn't mean, yeah, doesn't mean you have to pay attention to it or treat it with anything other than the utmost
1: contempt. Anti-drag bills in Tennessee prompt all-star arena benefit with Haley Williams, Marin Morris, Jason Isbell, Yola, Josier, and others. Cheryl Crow's you gonna know, be there.
0: Yeah, the thing is, it, 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 I think it's, like I said, hey, make your, I, I would rather have a concert um, that is uh, in support of drag rights, I guess we'll call them, mm-hmm. um, rather than a riot, you know? I mean, Macy's didn't do a fucking thing in Tennessee yeah uh, but it's fucking tennessee do you really think do you really think a big concert that no one on the other side of the issue is going to see do you really think that concert is going to move that needle in any direction
1: well i think what it is is telling the leaders hey all your fucking money that nashville's bringing in here like a bunch of big musicians we don't support this shit. Fuck you. And they know. I mean, and 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 I hear that. But the I also say the money, none of that's what, none that's of those matters.
0: celebs live in Tennessee. That's
1: this is. I think, think Marion Morris might out of the all others. Right, Mar- maybe
0: yeah. I mean, all right, you know. But it's just it's, Crow it's, might. It's, I don't know. Yeah, i just. It's just very interesting to me that, it, and I'm I'm actually writing a short story right now um, called "The Broken Machine." And the premise is that a guy's washing machine, his his washing, his clothes washing machine, stops working. And instead of fixing the washing machine, he in this, I I mean, I didn't really think about it until just now. He calls some celebrities to have a concert. He screams at it. He breaks all of the windows in his house. Mm -hmm. Instead of actually fixing the washing machine, he makes a big show of it and makes all this dramatic bullshit and it actually never gets his clothes washed. Yeah. And that's kind of what I see. We learn from Donald Trump that what works is to be as as incendiary and as hateful and as shitty as possible. And now now so many of our both right and left uh, activists are just adopting that as the model. And, and, and that does, if you want to fix Tennessee, you have to show up, you have to run for office, you have to or find somebody that's gonna run for office that's on your side of things. You have to go and knock on fucking doors out in the middle of the goddamn woods, and you have to have conversations with people to convince them that's how you change, that's how you fix the broken machine. Having a concert is cool. I'm like, I'm all about it, that's great. But it doesn't, it's it's perform it is literally performative. <laughs>
1: But didn't Live Aid cure? No,
0: it did not cure anything. Didn't cure it was starvation. Fun. No, there's still people starving, and and Name amazingly, one person
1: in Africa who's starving.
0: Com- comic relief didn't solve homelessness. Um, you know, it's like, but come on, you got to show you got to show up. At, the here's the thing: the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was not done because Martin Luther King went and got a bunch of fucking Hollywood stars or musicians to have a concert. It was about showing up and actually doing something in those places that needed to be done.
1: In uh, in exciting news, exciting development uh, news for our country, Mitch McConnell is hospitalized with a concussion after a fall. And I I don't
0: want to be a petty asshole. I guess I, I am. But I got to tell you, it was very funny because I, I heard that and I was happy. I mean, I was like yeah. legitimately good. Fuck you. Me too. And then I, saw, then I saw a fake headline. I didn't know it was fake at the time, but that he died from the concussion. And I was actually even happier. <laughs> I was even happier. Um, and I, I, I can't say I feel good about myself that I was... Thrilled by the idea that this fucking turtleneck motherfucker <laughs> fell and died. However, I have to own—I have to own my own pettiness. And uh, if nothing else, I'm glad he fell. Fuck off. Yeah.
1: This will make you sad, though. Sharon Stone says she lost custody of her child because of Basic Instinct. Judge told her son, "Your mother makes sex movies." <laughs> Did she really lose custody custody of her child over that? On an episode of Table for Two, a Table for Two podcast, Sharon Stone says that she lost custody of her son in part because of basic instincts and all the controversy that the 1992 drama ignited over her infamous nude scene. And all I can hear,
0: all I can hear in my mind when you say this is I I see uh, Julianne Moore doing coke. And oh, oh, what a lonely boy! Oh, what a lonely from from Boogie Nights. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, you lost custody because you're a whore. Um, I think that's too bad. It, it, I've been I've been actually doing research for a, a piece that I'm writing as well about blasphemy, about the concept of blasphemy, and about how all my heroes. We're blasphemers. When I was a kid, all my heroes were the people that fucking went and what does blasphemy mean and what makes something sacred or not. Mm-hmm. And part of that part of that rabbit hole I'm going is researching the Hayes Code and and obscenity laws and all this kind of stuff. And I think it's it it, it is a sign of it, it is a sign of either evolution or de-evolution that uh you know she 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 got uh, a cooter shot in uh, a a film and and that somebody just basically said well you showed your cooter so you can't have a kid around it's like there's there's a disconnect because the kid kind of came from right you know the muffaletta the the muffaletta muffaletta is what the muffaletta is what shot the kid out so why would that be something you couldn't have your child around i think that's sad um, I also it's think also Sharon like, Stone basic
1: instinct is not a sex movie. <laughs> no, it's
0: really not a sex movie. Is there sex I'm in the also... movie? Yes. Yeah. You know, but I will also say that Sharon Stone is 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 doing that thing that aging Hollywood stars do, is they're making the rounds to dish on shit that hasn't been relevant for fucking forty years, and that way they can be sort of seen and be seen and be
1: considered. Uh, part of the conversation. I would love to see Sharon I, Stone come back a bit. Like she, she did that performance on SNL with Sam Smith. Yeah. Which like she popped up. I was like, who is that woman? And I had to Google yeah. like who is was that woman with Sam Smith on SNL, and it was Sharon Stone. I'm like, It's what? What? The thing about it is,
0: I think all Hollywood stars should take a cue from James Dean and Marilyn Monroe. If you want to be relevant, die young. If you, because I'm sorry, Madonna. You look like a goddamn mummy. And that is not an age thing.
1: That is no, because that's she a, fucked up her
0: face with a bunch it's, of medical it's procedures. Because, it's because she could not handle the concept that other people would be more relevant than she was at the moment. She was big and relevant at a certain point in time. I mean, everybody, or I, I say Marilyn Monroe and James Dean, or Barbara Streisand. Yeah, Barbara Streisand's not busting her ass to look like she's seventeen. Barbara Streisand's fucking Barbara Streisand. She owns her shit. She knows how goddamn good she has been through the years. She also knows she's fucking old. Leave me alone. Meryl Streep. That, uh, see, you know, and she, well, Meryl Streep is just like, okay, I'm old. I'm gonna keep playing roles until they stop hiring me. James Duty Dench. Yep. I'm gonna keep doing stuff. I'm not gonna fuck with it. I can't see. I'm going blind. So it makes. I, I read there. <laughs> I read her comment is that going blind has made learning lines a little more difficult, oh, which Jesus. I kind of, but I kind of love that that's her, her perspective is I'm still going to work. I can't fucking see you. And I, and it's I really hard to learn going lines. Blind. Yeah. She's been going blind since, uh, what was the double of skyfall?
1: Oh, why yeah, just yeah. ocular degeneration just like because she's seven
0: she's 750 fucking years old the eyes eventually you know you don't get those. You, well we're not to the place where you can get them replaced and see it's not like thor like thor my, that? minority Electric report <laughs> yeah none of that you know so yeah no i just I, I think i think sharon stone god bless her and i don't have anything negative to say about sharon stone but she's doing exactly that thing where uh she is she's desperate to continue to be relevant and and maybe get a paycheck and so she's I, she's just talking about a lot of shit that most people have no fucking idea what she's talking about. I mean, I guarantee you if I walked out on the street anywhere in Chicago, in New York, in Wichita and asked 25 people, remember basic instinct? They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't even You do remember. remember
1: how insanely big that movie was.
0: Oh, I do. I remember well. All well the, the very first time I'd seen, and... I got to see celebrity pussy. I was like, "What the hell? Why?" That was and crazy. Remember, like,
1: what was that even? Necessary it's not a very to the plot. No. The
0: well, well, the, she's being interrogated. She's right. known to be the character is known to be this femme fatale, and she uses her sexuality to kind of gain power and and kind of put people off. And in in the scene. You know, I don't know if you could say it was necessary, but it is very effective because you get these two cops that are interrogating her and yeah. she does the leg cross yeah. and flashes, flashes the beaver. And those guys visibly are like, huh, yeah. huh, like they would never seen Pusach. Huh, 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 huh. It's very like, right. childish. It's super childish, but it worked for the movie. You know, I don't think it was a very good movie. That was my opinion of it at it the time. Wasn't.
1: And I've but, I've never, I've always struggled to find um, Michael Douglas, even though he's played the role so many different times, Michael Douglas as like this leading man that women just have to have sex with.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't, you know. I I like Michael Douglas. I I think Michael Douglas is a really good actor, but I'm sorry if you want somebody that like, it doesn't matter how fat or ugly or bald or ridiculous he becomes. The only man living uh, that can be the grossest human being alive and still women will line up to fuck him is Jack Nicholson. So
1: keep it up. (laughs) Michael Flynn is suing the government for $50 million. Michael Flynn is a fucking clown.
0: That's it. That's all I got to say. He's a fucking clown. Um and I don't care what he did for this country. He's a fucking clown. The guys I can't take him seriously. So, so you know, there there was a kid there's there's a comedian that's suing AOC for blocking him on Twitter. You can sue anybody that, for fucking you anything. I'm dead serious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, so Michael Flynn's, hey, you know what, I decided that I'm going to sue, I'm going to sue Sharon Stone because I saw her pussy when I was a child. I could do it. I could actually do that if I got an attorney that would, but who gives a shit? So yeah, Michael Flynn's an idiot and I don't care.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because you might have a case because you're afraid of, you're afraid of the female body and that is what led you to become a misogynist. Thrice and, divorced and,
0: misogynist, and, yeah, and, a,
1: and ultimately, I mean, there's a few steps along the way, but an insurrectionist, uh, because I'm that, right there. That yeah. vagina was shown to you in a threatening manner because she was using yeah. it in a threatening manner. The scene was very, yeah. um, uh, it was dark, it was scary. Yeah, I, could, I think you've got a case here.
0: Yeah, and and, and yeah, I could. So maybe I'll, you know, because that's because really what I want is I want a payday.
1: Based on my own trauma. Fuck off. Yeah, you earned it, buddy. All right, man killed by cops during traffic stop had sovereign citizen license plate. Chase Allen was pulled over by Utah cops for not having a proper license plate. Fair. He said he didn't need a registration and didn't have to cooperate.
0: Here's the thing, I don't think the cops should get to kill anybody, uh, just in general. Sure. I mean, you know, just a general thing, that's not really what the cops are for. Um, however, there was a period, and this is probably in Las Vegas when I was hiding from my ex-wife, uh, I kind of went into a, a rabbit hole of YouTube videos of these sovereign citizens like, I don't answer questions. I don't have to give you my thing. I knew the Constitution. I'm going to only roll my window down like a crack. And they, these frustrated cops and, and they post these videos like, see, I own the cops. I owned it. I am a sovereign citizen. And I think, what a bunch of fucking douchebags. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're. I mean, I get it. I understand you don't think the government has, you libertarian fuck, you don't think that the government has the power to tell you to register your car with the state but you know what seriously it's sort of like walking around in restaurants with your dick hanging out if you every restaurant in America if you walked in without your fucking pants and they said (laughs) sir you sir your dick's hanging out you gotta you gotta you gotta wear pants you say well I'm a sovereign citizen and I don't have to wear pants if I don't want to you know Go fuck yourself. You gotta wear pants in a, in a public place. I'm just sorry that you gotta cover your genitals up, Sharon Stone. There were six things you should do this week.
1: My first thing this week, it's a rewatch. Rewatch Succession. The last season, uh, oh. season three, because season four is coming. It's the final season, it's coming on March twenty-sixth. So freshen up, fluff that pillow, baby, because shit's about to get real. I think I don't know. Yeah, but it's I'm excited. No, it's the
0: thing is, no, I'm very excited. It's such a good show, and uh and and yeah, I actually am gonna rewatch all three seasons because I'm jacked. I mean, there are very yeah. few things that I that I enjoy as much as I did the first three seasons of Succession. So I'm just going to have fun watching it again. Yeah. Even if they weren't coming out with a fourth season, at some point, I like Breaking Bad, I would probably rewatch it just because such it's such great storytelling. It's so
1: telling. good. Yeah. It's yeah. So great.
0: Yeah, I agree. My first thing is also a watch. It, it's just one of those random things that I said, that sounds interesting. And it turned out to be really interesting. It's called Sharper. Sharper. It is on Apple Plus. It is uh, Sebastian Stan and uh, Julianne Moore. It is oh, sort yeah. of a okay. grifter grifter film. It was the thing I loved about this, and I don't want to give. I really don't want to give anything away because it's one of those like, oh, you don't know what. Here's the grift, and then this person gets grifted by this other grifter. That it's one of those kind of shows uh, one of those movies. But what I really liked about it was the, the, the way they told the story and that at the end of the day, while it was this grifter story of grifters, grifting each other, it was also a really (laughs) effective love story. And I went, Mm -hmm. I really, I really enjoyed this film. I really liked it.
1: Good. My next thing is a read. It's in the Atlantic. Uh, it's called The New Anarchy. So, this is um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Adrian LaFrance draws upon years of reporting to argue that America is experiencing an era of increased acts of violence intended to achieve political goals. So, talking about the January 6th uh, insurrection, the, um, what was it a couple years ago, the, the military, the paramilitary group, the militia, whatever the fuck they are. I guess they're not a militia, but the, whatever, those boneheads in Michigan to kidnap their governor. Um, Yeah. The attack on Paul Pelosi, like that, it's unhinged. And the the purge is nearly upon us. So, interesting article. It is a very interesting article. I agree.
0: My second thing is also a read. It's in ProPublica. It is by Raquel Rutledge of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and Ken Armstrong of ProPublica. It is called The Landlord and the Tenant. The sublead is a young mother rents a house near Milwaukee. The previous ten- tenant tells her, "Baby, they shouldn't let have let you move in." This is a really fucked up story because it's really sort of like this. Let's look at this this mother and her three children or four children. Um, let's look at this guy who in the '70s bought this house so that he could have passive income, and sort of the journey of these two people. That ended up in a real in a real horrifying tragedy. Hmm. It's it's I just thought it was you know again I bitch about media so much and I I'm you know I'm so frustrated with how vapid the media has become when I see like a really excellently written story that really makes me think and makes me question some of my assumptions about things. Um, I I, I want to recommend it. So it's the landlord and the tenant in ProPublica.
1: Okay. my next thing last thing is a listen it is a, a podcast John you've, you've heard of this one uh, it's called I Like to Watch yet another podcast about film um, on top of being a great podcast um, there was a special guest in the most recent episode where we talk about Big Trouble in Little China um, and it was a great episode a lot of fun to record and a great fucking movie yeah, and, and I got increasingly
0: I st- drunk, so editing it was a challenge. But I think it worked out pretty well.
1: <laughs> well, but I don't think you sounded as bad as I might have sounded on that one podcast where I was I overslept. And oh wait, yeah. shit, was that this one? I don't that know. That was today. Yeah, it was I'm today. so tired. Yeah, I'm so tired. I don't. You're know You're so happened. tired.
0: And my and my third thing, my final thing, is a little bit of a throwback. But I, I've been, uh, and it's it's just because uh, last night was the Oscars, and I'm. I'm, you know, I've just I've just kind of been amping up a lot of my more obscure sort of art house film things. It's very funny talking to people that I work with here in Wichita, Kansas, because when they want to talk about movies, all they want to talk about is Battleship and John Wick, and uh, God. and I and I like those films. <laughs> Maybe not Battleship, uh, you know. I like those films as well. But you know, I mentioned at one point Triangle of Sadness, and they all looked at me like I was speaking Swahili. It True. was like you know but i've been watching a lot of these movies and one is on netflix and i missed it and i wanted to see it it's rebecca hall um 2016's christine and it's basically about the woman in 1974 the the anchor of the small sarasota florida news station who committed suicide on television on on a live broadcast and it's a true story what yeah, 1974. This woman, uh, Christine uh, Chubbuck, I think is her last name. Um, she, 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 as as a way of at least in in the the story that they told at the time, um, her her commentary was basically she was doing it as a way to kind of comment on the fact that news was simply, if it bleeds, it leads, and she was known for doing sort of. Uh, lighter, more hopeful pieces about the Sarasota market and was being pushed to do more sensationalistic stuff. And her way of handling that was to shoot herself in the fucking head on national, or not on national, but on local TV.
1: Oh, and it's gosh. True,
0: it's, it's an absolutely true story. Um, and Rebecca Hall is, I've always thought she was very talented. I think she's a super great. And her brother, Michael Hall, is in it as well. Um But uh, it's a really goddamn harrowing. I mean, this is this is all about a woman that was obviously mentally ill, but no one bothered to diagnose it because she was so high functioning. Yeah. And and it, I mean, it's a. I just thought it was a spectacularly good movie, and it asks a lot of Tracy Letts is in it. Um, it's just a really goddamn good movie. And I had not seen it before. So in that, like, Hey, I want to go through and find some of these obscure things I thought about, but never actually, you know, pulled the trigger on. And I watched that last night and I was like, God damn, that's a good movie. So, and she is such a good, like, you know, again, my favorite movie of the Oscar season of last year was tar. And, and part of that was because I thought Kate Blanchett was so brilliant Mm. In that film, well, you know, it, to, to, to give credit where credit is due, Rebecca Hall, just like Kate Blanchett, is in every single scene of this sh- movie and is, I don't know if equal is the right way. I don't know how you judge art like that, but she is really fantastic in almost every single moment of this movie. Love wow. it. Yeah, this movie completely got by me, and this story yeah, completely I, got by me. Same. And and when I saw it, I was like, oh, I should see that. That sounds really interesting. And then never did. And then the other night I was like, you know, since I'm looking at these more obscure films uh, because of uh, it's really good. You will really love it. You will. It's about local TV. It's about local TV in the 70s. It's about, you know, the whole concept of getting ratings and, and what you have to do to the storytelling that you're doing to get those ratings and the damage that that can do, you know, it's just like fascinating to me. Um, my guess is if she were alive today, uh, when the guy said, let's do a let's do a story on Paul Vallis liking things on Facebook. Yeah. She would have killed herself on, on a Facebook live, I know. you know? Oh,
1: Jesus. Yeah.
0: Have a great week.
1: You can find them all over Chicago and online at LocomotiveBand.com. What the fuck?